Proverbs chapter 7. Proverbs chapter 7. And I want us to conclude this morning a, uh, a message from our series called The Battle for the Home. We've talked about a kingdom man. We've talked about a kingdom marriage. We've talked about a kingdom family. And today I want us to conclude by talking about a kingdom mind. In Proverbs chapter 7, we see in the entire chapter a, uh, a text that describes a subject that is oftentimes overlooked in today's pulpit. It's a very tough subject to teach on, to preach on, to read about. But this subject is quietly changing the landscape of our families, of our marriages, of our teenagers, and sad to say, even our children. This subject is destroying families, homes, individuals. And it's changing the majority of Americans. And it's the subject of pornography. Pornography is, God, is Satan's counterfeit to God's perfect design. Anytime God creates something, Satan will always have a counterfeit. It may be fun. It may be desirable. But it is a counterfeit to God's perfect design. And quietly, the industry of pornography is changing the landscape of our country. In fact, ex experts agree that pornography may well be the most pervasive and most troubling moral issue in the church today. Pornography perverts and distorts all of God's given purposes for sexual intimacy. That's why when I believe that you preach a series on the battle for the home and you talk about the mind, you have to address this subject. Because if they don't hear from what the Word of God says concerning this subject, they will, like many people, agree that that's just part of society. And it's something that we must accept. It's something that we must evolve in. But the Bible has not changed. God's perfect design has not changed. Even though our world has changed, God's design has not. Let me read you some, st some statistics this morning. And I got both of these statistics, if you want to go back and double check, from ERLC.com. That's the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission of the Southern Baptist Convention. They have a whole host of uh, articles and statistics on this, is this particular issue of pornography, but also a whole range of issues also, I've got some research this morning from ChristianityToday.com. So everything I'm about to share uh, has come from these two sites, these two sources. In the United States alone, revenue of pornography is a $13.3 billion industry. Every second of every day, 28,000 people are viewing pornography. The adult industry will have 800 million rentals this year of pornographic material. Of all the websites that are out there today, 24.6 million uh, 
of those websites, 12% total, 24.6 million of those are pornographic in nature. 35% of all uh, downloads on the internet today are pornographic in nature. Every second, $3,075 is spent on pornography. Every 39 minutes, an adult video is produced. The most popular day of the week to view pornography is Sunday. The least popular day of the year is Thanksgiving. There are 116,000 daily searches for the words child pornography. Most men develop the habit of viewing pornography between the ages of 12 to 14. 80 percent, eight out of 10, 15 to 17 year olds are having multiple exposure to pornography on a weekly basis. 90 percent, nine out of 10, eight to 16 year olds have viewed pornography at least once in their life. Among children under 18, sex and porn are among the top five frequently searched items on the internet 68 million times a day. So I want us to look this morning to Proverbs chapter 7, and I want to show you what happens when you fall into a lifestyle of uncommitment. And as we talk about the battle for the mind, I want us to to set our goals on God's perfect design and not give Satan a foothold. Not give Satan any opportunity to destroy the life that God has given you. Satan is a liar and he seeks to do one thing and that's to destroy your life. And he's doing that through the minds of not just men today, but but women as well. So I want you to look at Proverbs chapter 7. Let's look at the first five verses. This sets up the entire chapter. The Bible says, My son, keep my words. This is a father speaking to his son. My son, keep my words and treasure my commands within you. Keep my commands and live and my law as the apple of your eye. Bind them on your fingers. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Say to wisdom, you are my sister and call understanding your nearest kin. That they may keep you from the immoral woman, from the seductress who flatters with her words. As a father to the son, it's, it's as if God is speaking to us as His children. And He's saying, and I want to bring out in verse number 2, it says, keep my commands and live and my law as the, as the apple of your eye. That's an interesting phrase. We use that a lot. We say someone that we love is the apple of our eye. But that phrase, the more research as you research that, it refers to the pupil of the eye, which the ancients thought was the sphere like an apple. We protect our eyes because they are valuable to us. And so should we honor and protect God's word by obeying it. Sexual sin often begins with undisciplined eyes and hands. Matthew 5 verse 27 and 30. And then also uh, verses 2 and 3 what I've just read here earlier. But the issue is not just our eyes. Because our eyes will look at what our heart desires. And verse number 3 says, Bind them on your fingers, write them on the tablet of your heart. What should be on our hearts are the commands of the Lord Jesus Christ written in the Word of God. When that is written on our hearts, 
We will desire to see what's on our hearts, not Satan's um, counterfeit to, uh, to a lifestyle of intimacy. We are saying in these first five verses, in any of those who are in this lifestyle, and let me stop here and say this. <clears throat> There's not a person in this world that doesn't struggle with Satan's counterfeit. You never overcome it. It's always going to be there. It's always going to be around you. Your desire is more for the Lord than Satan's counterfeit. So the issue is not to go to an island and be a monk for the rest of your life so you won't be any, in, in any type of temptation. The issue is in the middle of your temptation, you desire Jesus more than Satan's counterfeit. I want Jesus more than I want any other woman or any other man or any other digital prostitute that is on the internet today. I want Jesus more than anything else. So I want us to walk through verse 6 through 27. And, and this is an a illustration of what happens when somebody falls. And then I want us to end <clears throat> on what we can do when that happens. Verse number 6, the Bible says, For at the window of my house I looked through my lattice and saw among the simple, I perceived among the youths a young man devoid of understanding, passing along the street near her corner, and he took the path to her house in the twilight, in the evening, in the black and dark of night. Number one is the descent of the uncommitted. The descent of the uncommitted. I want you to see verse number 7. The Bible, or Actually verse 6 says, At the window of my house I looked through my lattice. It, it, it's the father watching his son. And he sees what he's doing. And he's tracing everything that his son is doing and where he is falling. The, the Bible says that through the window of my house I looked. I looked through my house and I looked through my lattice. I saw among the simple. That word simple is the word uncommitted. It means something that is open-minded. Someone that is still exploring life. This man in verse 6 and 7 is innocent. He's not doing anything wrong. He's just uncommitted. I've never known someone who loves Jesus with all their heart, has a daily walk with God, prays daily, serves God, doing everything God has asked them to do, struggle with pornography. You can only be committed to one person. And when you're committed to the Lord, I'm talking about daily walking with Christ. Your desire is to love Him. So you may be here this morning and <clears throat> you may be struggling with pornography or something of that nature. I'm not saying you're not a believer. What I'm saying is there's that fellowship with God that has gotten off track. And your commitment to the Lord has been changed to your commitment to a counterfeit. <clears throat> the Bible says, I saw among the simple... I perceived among the youths a young man devoid of understanding. A descent of the uncommitted. The difference between committed 
and uncommitted is not that one has sins and the other one has none. It's that one still takes part in the sin that God has forgiven and the other one is walking in repentance toward a holy God. This is a message that Satan does not want preached. But I'm thankful for the Lord's water. Amen. (laughs) The descent of the uncommitted. This is how it works. Number one is exploration. It starts out by simply exploring. Verse 8. Notice what happens. You have an uncommitted man. Verse 7. A young man devoid of understanding. Passing along, verse 8, the street near her corner, and he took the path to her house in the twilight, in the evening, in the black, in the dark of night. He simply is just exploring. And as he's walking down the road, he sees this house, and it speaks, it sparks an interest because remember, he's uncommitted. If you're uncommitted to the Lord, Satan will be after you to desire your commitment. So he's walking around and all he is doing is just exploring. All habitual addicts, whether it is pornography, alcohol, drugs, whatever it is, whatever addiction it is, always starts out innocent. I just want to try it one time. No big deal. I'm strong. But here's a man who is simply exploring. The Bible says in Roman, I mean, Proverbs 5, verse 8, a couple of chapters before, remove your way far from her and do not go near the door of her house. Job 31, verse 1, I have made a covenant with my eyes. Why then should I look intently upon a young woman? 2 Timothy 2, verse 22, Flee also youthful lust, but pursue righteousness and faith and love and peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. This young man was not fleeing temptation, but rather walking towards temptation. That's why I believe that when you walk with Christ, the temptations will not go away. They will always be there. But when the temptations come, your desire is to follow the Lord. Your desire is to follow Christ. But here's a man simply just exploring. What's the big deal about just exploring? Because that's not the end of it. That's the beginning. Look at verse number 10. And there... Now, I want you to miss this. There, a woman met him. All he was doing was exploring. And a woman met him. This isn't a Christian woman. When you go looking for sin you will soon find that sin has already been looking for you. 
This man was just walking down the street and he sees something interesting, a, uh, a, a window with the, with the lattice coming down. And as he approaches in, not only is it, is it, is it exp, uh, uh, exploring, exploitation, but then the second one is examination. This woman who, has, uh, who is, who is uh, 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 living for Satan herself meets him. That's why young men, you can't just, well, I'm just going to explore. Young women, I'm just going to look at my phone and try to look at a few things. You can't do that because when you do that, you will find out that sin has already been looking for you. The Bible says in verse number 10 that the attire of a harlot and a crafty heart, the word crafty means guarded, reveals nothing. The only thing she's revealing is stuff on the outside and keeping everything on the inside. Young ladies, listen to this. Spend more time revealing your inside than revealing your outside. Spend more time showing the world what's in your heart, what's your character, what's your desires in life, rather than showing what's on the outside. I can go for young women, young men, it doesn't matter. She is unguarded in her dress, revealing much, but she is guarded in the heart where she reveals uh, nothing. The Bible says in verse 11, she was loud, rebellious. Her feet would not stay at home. At times she was outside, uh, at times even in the open square, lurking at every corner. The word lurking means to lie and wait, waiting for an opportunity, waiting for an opportunity to entice or to seduce the, the lifestyle of a young man, the lifestyle of a young woman. In America today, we have forgotten, and, and it's sad to say even in the church today, we've forgotten God's perfect design. And I should have mentioned this when I introduced the message because I, I, I assume, but you can't do that anymore. God's perfect design is for one man and for one woman to be joined in marriage for a lifestyle. And that's the intimacy, the sexual intimacy is supposed to be in the bonds of marriage. And anything outside of that is Satan's counterfeit. No matter, I don't care. Well, I really love him. If you really, really love him, then wait. If you really, really love her, then wait. And offer something to your spouse that nothing else in the world can give. And that's a heart that is pure. And a body that is pure. But not only is it examined, you explore, then you examine, and then you experiment. Experimentation. Look what the Bible says in verse 13. So she caught him. Six, seven, and eight, he's just looking. Verse 10, they just meet. How innocent. And then verse 13, she catches him. Kissed him. And with an impudent face, she said to him, I have peace offerings with me. Today I've paid my vows, so I came out to meet you diligently to seek your face. And I found you, and I've spread my bed with, with tapestry, colored coverings of Egyptian lift. We'll get into all that in just a second. But experimentation. She caught him. You remember the story of Joseph and Potiphar's wife. 
The same word caught is mentioned in Genesis 39 verse 12 where the Bible says that she caught him by his garment saying, lie with me. But the difference between this man and Joseph, Joseph ran. Joseph fleed. Joseph was in that situation when the temptation arose, he left and he got out before he made a mistake. But this man begins to experiment Several of you, uh, of us, we remember the, the article in the paper, the, uh, the Dear Abby section. Y'all remember that? Those were always uh, fun to, to read because uh, a lot of times they were humorous, just like this one. A man wrote, Dear Abby, I am in love and I am having an affair with two different women other than my wife. I love my wife, but I love these other women too. Please tell me what to do, but don't give me any of that morality, biblical stuff. Signed, too much love for only one. (laughs) In this case, Abby's answer was classic. She wrote, dear, too much love for only one. The only difference between humans and animals is morality. Please write to a veterinarian. (laughs) But we see the, the descent... You see how it starts, young men, men, women? Just going, it's so innocent, just exploring. And then there is that experimentation. Well, I'll just try to, you know, I can step back at any time. And then you get to the, the, not the, the exploration, then examination, then the experimentation. That's the descent But then let me show you the second one as the Scripture goes on. And I want to show you the the desire of the uncommitted. The desire, not just how the uncommitted's life falls, but I want to show you the desire behind that. Verse 14, and I want you to miss this. The Bible says, this is what the harlot says. I have peace offerings with me. Today I've paid my vows, so I came out to meet you diligently to seek your face, and I have found you. The desire of the uncommitted, number one, is that no price is too high. When you get in this type of lifestyle, young men, young women, men, anybody, when you get in a lifestyle where you become addicted to pornography or anything else, you're willing to pay anything to express that desire. No price is too high. The writer says here in verse 14, the harlot says, I've got peace offerings with me. I've done been to the temple. And I've got an offering here. I've got a piece of choice uh, uh, meat that's only reserved when you're offering offerings to God. This this harlot is trying to paint a, a biblical churchy picture around it. It's kind of like when a young man who is a Christian looks on a young lady who's a Christian and says, but I love you. And if I really love you, then let's just go and let's, ex- let's express our love towards each other. You see how you can kind of throw in the, the churchiness. And that makes us uncommitted. And expresses the uncommitment, the desire of the uncommitted. She says, I have offered peace offerings and I want to share those with you. I have the the choicest meat out there and I want to bring you in. Satan will not give you anything that's second best. Satan knows what he's doing. 
And when he approaches a man or a woman that is uncommitted, he's going to offer you the absolute best that is the counterfeit for God. That's why sin today is very fun. Sin today will accomplish the desire of a sinful heart. Proverbs 30, verse 20, the Bible says, This is the way of an adulterous woman. She eats and wipes her mouth and says, I have done no wickedness. No price is too high. She appeals to the young man's male ego as she flatters him and makes him think that he's very special to her. What she's offering to him, she would never offer to anyone else. She appeals to his imagination as she describes her beautiful bed and the expensive spices that perfume it. Look at verse verse 16. I have spread my bed with tapestry. I have colored Uh, coverings of Egyptian linen, this nice, beautiful setting this young lady, this harlot, has given this man. She says, I've perfumed my bed. It smells great. Myrrh and aloes and cinnamon. Come, let us take our feel of love until morning. No price is too high. When you're living a life of uncommitment, You will pay anything to have your sinful, selfish desires pleased. Not only is no price too high, but no pain is too heavy. Number two, no pain is too heavy. The Bible says in verse 19, For my husband is not at home. He has gone on a long journey. He's taken a bag of money with him, and he will come home on the appointed day. What the woman is basically saying is, I'm married, but there's no pain There's no pain that is too heavy that I would like to experience. All I want is for you to come and experience lovemaking all night long in these beautiful settings. My husband is gone. Pretty much what the woman says and the same thing Satan says, nobody will ever know. My husband's gone. He'll never know. That's why no price is too high, no pain is too heavy. Listen to me. When somebody says, nobody will ever know, basically what they're saying is, God doesn't exist. Because although nobody may know what you are doing or what someone else may do, God does. And God's the only one that matters. Because one day you will stand before Him and be held accountable for everything you've ever done. It matters what God thinks There are no boxes when it comes to the kingdom of God. There are no shelters. There are no walls. God sees. God knows. God hears everything that we're doing. No pain is too heavy. Even though we know that if you're a believer and you're struggling in this pornography, God knows, but you're willing to to look at Satan's counterfeit knowing that one day you're going to have to stand and be held accountable. The short-term pleasure seems greater than the long-term pain. No pain is too heavy. Verse 21, with her enticing speech, she caused him to yield. With her flattering lips, she seduced him immediately. He went after her as an ox goes to the slaughter 
as a fool in the correction of the stocks till an arrow struck his liver as a bird hastens to the snare. He did not know it would cost him his life. And it simply started out by looking at a window. And now this man is saying, I didn't know that it would cost my life. Friend, listen to me this morning. Satan wants to destroy your life. And he will use anything, anybody, any site, any mobile device, he will use anything to destroy you. Especially if you have a relationship with Jesus. Because if you're spending all your time focusing on Satan's counterfeit, then I know you're not out there serving the kingdom of God and making a difference in the kingdom. And Satan knows that. He knows it. Then number three in the last one. We saw the descent of the uncommitted, the desire of the uncommitted. Then number three is the death of the uncommitted. Verse 23, he says, I didn't know it cost my life. Verse 24, now the father steps back up and he says, now listen to me, my children. Listen to me, my children. Pay attention to the words of my mouth. Do not let your heart turn aside to her ways. Do not stray into her paths. For she has cast down many wounded And all who were slain by her were strong men. Can I give you my definition of the word strong? I thought I could handle it. I thought I could say no. I thought when I got too far that I was strong enough to come back. Sin is stronger than you. And the only thing stronger than sin is the power of the Holy Spirit. And unless you're living in the power of the Holy Spirit, you will be conquered by sin. I thought we could handle it. They were strong men. Notice in verse 27, her house is the way to hell, descending to the chambers of death. The word hell there is Sheol, the grave. Where there's no life. That's why I said number three is the death of the uncommitted. Two things in closing. Number one, sin has control. Sin will control you or Jesus will control you. You have to pick one or the other. The Bible says in verse 20, we're going back up to verse 21, that word seduce means to lead away. Verse, Psalm 119 verse 9, How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. The word of God will, is the only thing that will keep you from failing when it comes to morality. The word of God. So brother John, this morning I'm struggling in that. That's okay because half the people in this room are. You struggle with it. What can I do? How can I overcome it? This is it. As simple as the Word of God. 
The power of the Holy Spirit through His Word will make your desire and your commitment to Him greater than a desire and a commitment to Satan's counterfeit. Sin has control. Number two, sin has consequences. The Bible says that her house is the way to hell. I want you to turn in closing. I want you to turn over the New Testament. This is where I want to leave you with today. I told you I wanted to leave you with something positive. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 18 through 20. You may underline in your Bible. You may highlight in your Bible. Here are three awesome, great verses that you can always underline. I like to write in my Bible because when I'm flipping through the Bible, the things that stick out the most are those things that are underlined. They catch my attention. Verse 18 of 1 Corinthians 6, Paul's writing to the church. He's writing to Christians. And he says, flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body. But he who commits sexual immorality sins against, the whole, against his own body. Or, or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Pornography is Satan's counterfeit to God's perfect design. As a believer here this morning, you're not your own. You gave your life to Jesus. He bought you with the price. Your body belongs to God. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit of God. Your eyes, your arms, your legs, every part of your body belongs to God. So everything you do in your body, physically and also internally, belongs to God. Do it to honor and to glorify Jesus. Everything that you do. But if there's ever a lifestyle where you stray from your commitment to God, there's a descent, there's a desire, and then there's a death. And I pray this morning that you would ask the Lord, Jesus, help me to love you more than anything else that Satan may offer. Young people, love Jesus more than anybody else. And let me ask you, let me tell you, be different. It's okay to turn to your friends and say, I don't want any of that. This body belongs to Jesus. I don't care if everybody else is doing it. I don't care if it's popular. Please, Jesus. Because in His eyes, He wants you to desire and to honor Him through all that you do. But friend, it's coming through the Word of God. The battle for your home is a kingdom mind. And may everything that's in our mind be a direct result of what's in our hearts. May it be about Jesus. Let's pray. As we pray this morning, I want to pray for those that are here today 
You may be here and you don't have that relationship with Jesus. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you have no power over sin. So no matter what you do, what you try, where you go, what you read, what advice you get, nothing will help you to overcome sin. If it's pornography, if it's alcohol, if it's drugs, if it's gossip, if it's bitterness, whatever it is, only Jesus. Do you have that relationship? I encourage if you don't have a relationship with God and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, we don't know if we're going to be here tomorrow. Would you give your life to Jesus today? Would you trust Him? We're going to have an invitation. It's an opportunity where you can take a step of faith, either in the balcony or on on the bottom floor, to step out and to say, Brother John, I need to give my life to Jesus today. I need His power over my sin. Jesus died for those sins. And He wants to forgive you because He loves you. Jesus has a perfect design for your life. Why would you want imperfection when you can have perfection. Christian, what about you, young men, young women? If this is an area where there's a struggle, I don't know where you're at. If you're in the descent phase, probably most of you are. And if something doesn't change, there's only one way that's heading. Don't be the man that says, I didn't know. It would cost me everything. Would you right now just open up your heart to the Lord and say, God, I'm giving you this. You know it's a struggle. You know it is a problem. But I'm thankful, Lord, that your grace is greater than my sin and your power is greater than Satan's counterfeit. So, Lord, I'm giving that to you today. Help me to commit my life back to you. You may need to come to the altar and just say, Lord, I'm putting it on the altar. Whatever you need to do, I encourage you to follow the Lord's leadership in that area. And I'm not just speaking to young men. This may be an issue in marriages. and Nobody's exempt from that. God can help you if you'll just let Him. Father, we love You today and I pray for this invitation. I pray for those who need to come. Lord, there are those who need to be saved. God, would they come and offer their life to You repent of their sins and trust You today. Lord, there are those who are guests who You've called here at First Baptist and they need to come and to join and to, uh, to be a part of this place where they can serve. There are those who need to just lay their life on the altar, their minds on the altar and say, God, clean my mind out. Clean my heart out. May it be just like You. Create in me, David said, a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Father, we ask for that in Jesus' name. I want